if you were a Mando, what would be your three ingredients? Cynicism, general hatred to all living things, yeah, and then an overdose on sarcasm. Apathy, self-doubt, and an overdose on cynicism. Okay. <laughs> a very small amount of ambition and drive, a dose of uh, cynicism, and probably a an overdose of scepticism. Okay. So, if you haven't realised, the reason why us three are friends is because of our cynical nature. We're yeah. all miserable fucks. Yeah, we, we have just painted a really depressing picture of ourselves. We're, <laughs> really, we're really fun to be around, honest. <laughs> we are just the saddest excuses for Mando. <laughs> just don't expect us to be optimistic about anything. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three strapping young northern men review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Now we're still in its early days, we're up to episode 6 right now, having done 5 episodes before so it only makes sense. We're on number six, and as always, my name is Phil Dean. I am your host, as you will, of this podcast. Next to me is my fellow contributors. To my right, Mr. Chris Evans. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much, Philip. Well done. Did you enjoy this episode? I did, yes. It's quite reminiscent of, if you can't get what you want, make it. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And uh, to my left is uh, Graeme Riley. How are you, Graeme? I'm champion. Here by heck, it's going to be great. <laughs> Sorry, you pointed out that we were Northern, so I thought we needed to play up to it a bit more. Yeah, we're not quite like Game of Thrones distinctively put on Northern, but we have a, a, people would argue that we're more into like... I mean, we've all got whippets, obviously. <laughs> obviously, that is a given. Yeah. We, yeah. We're all currently wearing uh, flat caps and wellies. And, uh, and uh, eating hot pot. And, yeah. and we all have a shit in an outhouse, so it's yeah, all good. Exactly, yeah, yes. exactly. So, uh, so this, no doubt, the picture of us that you have... Uh, before this episode has now been beautifully realised in your minds. It rained today. <laughs> like it does every damn day. Now, we're up to episode six, which is entitled Dream Date. And I said in the episode before that this is, with me uh, particularly, uh, this is the second episode that I remember. And especially with this being broadcast over 20 years ago, it's quite surprising that two episodes that I remember have been on the first disc of the DVD, of the DVD box set. Um, it's entitled Dream Date. And briefly, to give you a feel of uh, what it's going to be about, um, unable to go to the dance with Harvey, Zelda and Hilda bake Sabrina her dream date who will take her instead. And that's that's what the, the whole episode's about. And it's probably the most simple episode that we've had so far yeah. where there might be multiple storylines intertwined. But this is basically, it takes, it's one event. Yes. And we see the whole thing start to finish. And it's... It's one of the better episodes. It's, de- it's one yeah. of the one of the best ones so far. It has the same sort of memorable quality that the other episodes that we yes. remember from childhood, um, the uh, adventures of Rudy Kazuti um, had. Yeah. Now with Rudy Kazuti, episode three, I remembered that more or less throughout. Yeah. Like the entire episode, remembered, and, and three of us did enjoy it. This one. No, I didn't remember so vividly, but definitely the what happened. Yeah, what happened. aspects. Yes, uh, aspects sprung out of me as soon as we saw them. Now, this we've already built up this episode to be quite uh, fun and interesting. We've got the typical things we're going to look at for what the most '90s, what the most of the time uh, element of this show is, and maybe we'll we'll have a bit of fun on the way, won't we, guys? 
I hope so, certainly. <laughs> and if, we, we, if we don't, then have lost sight of why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And we it's, hope you do too, listeners. Exactly, that's the most important thing. Now, we're going to crack on with episode six again, titled Dream Date. Now, the episode opens up with Sabrina trying to get some privacy so she can speak to Harvey on the phone. And already, that's so 90s! Not even 10 seconds into the episode, and not necessarily for the landline. Chris, explain to us why... The landline in particular. What What is it about this that makes it more as 90s as possible? Well, it's one of those moments. In the 90s, your phone went and it was the most magical thing. Someone wanted to talk to you. Yes. And it could have been anybody in the house they wanted to speak to. Yes. So it was Russian roulette, telephone game. Yeah. Nowadays, your phone goes and you think to yourself... Who the fuck is that? Yeah. Well, you know who the fuck it is as well because their name pops up. Yeah. It's somebody oh no, who... I'm not talking about mobile phones. I'm talking about landline. Oh, what, oh so if somebody rings your landline now, what is wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> like, who has a landline? I have a landline. I don't have a phone. I have a landline if people want. I have a, I have a phone number, a house number. People could ring me on, but they can't because I don't have a phone connected to it. We are labelling this the aspect of that's so 90s! That is so 90s! It is proper 90s, like. <laughs> and that's simple as that. Opening 10 seconds of this episode, and we've got Sabrina being thoroughly excited about who could be calling a phone, but it's not just she's not thinking who it could be. She hopes. Or, or, or she knows. Degree, she knows it's Harvey giving a ring. And, and this first sort of minute or so is about her trying to get that privacy. She tells Zelda, oh, Zelda, do you mind? Zelda not really getting the hint that um, Harvey could be on the phone. Yeah, no, I've got to take it back a second. Something that we didn't reference, because <laughs> we didn't, it didn't occur to us. In a previous episode, Zelda was making some form of, uh, of, of tea, we assumed, and she put honey in a mug and it was steaming. It was the, the terrible things. Oh, episode. yes, it was, yeah. Uh, and she's doing it again. She's literally making witch's brew. Yeah, and that's uh, a little clever little joke, which we... I mean, I personally didn't think of that. I just thought it's just... I just thought it was, oh, it's just your typical bubbling, steamy pot of tea. But no, it's... Yeah, witch's brew. Witch's yeah. brew. So I hope that is a recurring thing throughout the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. It seems to be. She's... Out of all of them, Zelda's probably the most witchy one. Yeah. The one, the one who you would imagine... Well, I say the one you would imagine would look like a witch if you haven't seen... The witches. There's something mystical about her. Or, yeah. or the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. Zelda's very. Um, myster- yeah, mysterious. Yeah. She keeps everything inside. She's not as Hilda, who's very flamboyant and cheeky yeah. and reckless and stuff. So, yeah, nice little witch's brew. That was yeah. a good observation, Christopher. I know. Thank you very much for that contribution. Big pat on the back. Seriously, never pat me on the head again. <laughs> what about the back? It, 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 Back's more, fine. I was Back's more mocking fine. Phil's tone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so. Um, Zelda eventually sort of gets shooed out of the room as such because uh, Sabrina's got Harvey on the phone. Uh, Salem is listening in from a little wicker basket. Yes. Um, and she ushers him and throws him out, and he's like, Harvey and Sabrina. Again, because, you know, he's a little little tyke. Um, she eventually gets. Oh, Harvey and then f- my least favourite character, Lisa the Talking Painting, also joins in with the Harvey oh, and Sabrina. Oh, God. Was it Louisa? Louisa, sorry. Louisa the, the Painting. Um, again, just repeats that, Harvey and Sabrina. Oh, it's a terrifying picture with a mouth that. You forget she happens because she doesn't happen in every episode. When she does, she takes your breath away, (laughs) doesn't she? Just this talking painting with a high-pitched voice and a real mouth. 
Horrible. Horrible. Um, adventure, yes, it is. Lo and behold, it is Harvey on the phone. And to me, he's like, oh my God, I'm going to be talking to this boy that I like. And it's just to ask her a few questions about um, a science test. Yes. As we all know, aside from uh, napkin folding, science is the only class that these kids yeah. do. It's a very unbalanced curriculum, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. So with the unbalanced curriculum, we'll then move on to the theme tune, which again, we all know. Um, what, what, what was she at the end of this? She flower girl. She was a flower power sixties hippie. Yes, which kind of all tie dye and yeah, it kind of rolls in with the theme of she's dancing in it, and this takes place in the dance as we see in the school cafeteria that getting ready for the harvest moon dance. Indeed, and it opens up with a little um, little gag from Libby about a other stupid uh, student sort of saying, oh, how can we have a dance with all these tables here? Libby says, the tables will move. This is Sasha, who is all of a sudden Libby's best friend. We've never seen her before. Uh, but diversity, she's that, Asian. Diversity, she's the first Asian character, I think. Yeah. Uh, but Libby's two other friends from uh, previous episodes um, have now vanished. Yeah, nowhere to be seen. Maybe... Maybe we'll see them again, maybe not, but... Oh, maybe she killed them. Jenny is telling Sabrina that she's going to go to the dance alone because, to her knowledge and working out, uh, dates are just society's way of keeping numbers even. And she's going to represent all things that are odd. To which Sabrina adds with a little witty quip, I'm sure that's exactly what people will make of it. Yes. Jenny, again, showing herself to be... The individual. The individual, the left of the middle, kooky... uh, Yeah, she, she likes... The, uh, she likes kind of ostracising herself. Yeah, she's happy with that. She's fine. She likes being yeah individual. Yeah, she she likes to ostracise herself. As soon as someone else tries to ostracise her, that's when yeah you've got to pump yeah. the brakes. Yeah, she likes sort of if it's her that's making her out to be the the nerd or the odd one out. She's, yeah, it's it's who she is. She's a very sort of independent woman, which is. Uh, a nice nice friend for Sabrina to have. Um, so Sabrina says that she wants to go to the dance with Harvey after Jenny saying, oh, why don't we go alone together? Look, silly idea. She's like, no, I quite like the idea of Harvey. So she's going to ask Harvey. They then shout to Harvey to say, Harvey, <laughs> we're sat over here, which you can see just before he walks down. He, It's like he's been stood there waiting. Yeah, he's, he's got literally cr- like three feet away. Yeah. L- and they like, yell. They yell, and he not only is he right there that he can see them, that he has, that he clearly knows where they are. He comes up with his um, his most sarcastic line yet: "Thanks for waving at me. I might not have seen you from the same table where we always sit." <laughs> for Harvey, that is a extremely witty. That's a very extremely witty yet and very sort of clever. Sort I, of. Feel, I feel like it was that decision was quite clearly made in the writers' room, and they just went, "You know what." This is going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And then it's, it's it's making something that we could see and see, oh, that's a goof, that. Like, yeah. You can see he's just there. But the fact that Harvey then makes a reference to it, it's thinking, oh, that's, yeah. it's all part of the story, isn't it? Um, so Harvey comes to the table and says he probably won't go to the dance because they aren't his scene. Okay. I mean, what self-respecting 16-year-old boy is, is at the dance? You know, it's like, who's seen... Is it? Yeah, I mean, he because we've already established that he is a jock, as we said, a jock exactly. with a golden heart. He's not the jockest of jocks, but he. But it seems that he has a line where he's like, "Oh, I don't really want to go to a dance." Mm. But he seems more kind of not 
outright against it more sort of just awkward that he doesn't really yeah, want to be he's just part sort of, of it. Um, an introverted sort of guy I mean obviously he's not sort of the sort of the intellectual poet which Jenny imagines he is early on in the series but um, nonetheless he is somebody who is very easily embarrassed and made to feel awkward if he's out of his comfort zone yeah so Sabrina kind of is just about to ask Harvey well she was just about to ask Harvey if he'd go with her dance with her and he says no um, then Libby approaches of course she's everywhere where Sabrina and Harvey are um, and she approaches Harvey and asks if she can borrow a finger. Which, of course, as uh, grown men, we did not laugh at. Oh, not, no. at, not at all. No, we, did, we, we, did not, not. we did not laugh. We did not even guffaw. No. no. We, we, there was no sense of a chuckle. We took it at face value. Yeah. Definitely. As soon as she revealed that uh, she wants his finger to... Uh, to, to help tie a balloon, we're thinking, of course, that's the balloon that we're referring to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, <coughs> we don't know what he's talking about. No. So, um. Sabrina says, there's plenty of people she could ask, but Harvey works out, so he's clearly got a good finger on him. Um, <laughs> of course, literally is what we're, um, what we're yeah, referring yeah. to. It's a, it's a good, sizable finger to, to grasp. The nub of the balloon. Yes, and that's about that's about as sort of as nondescriptive as we can be uh, on the topic of of balloon dying, vicious fingering. Um, she then asks Harvey. Yeah, uh, she then asks Harvey to the dance, to which he nervously says, "Okay." And obviously, an upset Sabrina then questions Harvey's actions and says he has a hard time saying no. Yes. The reason so- he said yes is because. He can't say no to people. Which is just that moment where we all just went, Aww. He really cannot help himself a lot of the time, can he? No, he's such this little sweetheart, and he... Yeah. You can see, I mean, it's not... For Nate Richard, for for someone who was new to acting, especially on such a large role where he's in it throughout, um, he really... Showed that he he can act. Like he could see this fear in his face of, okay, I've been asked this question, I've been put on the spot. Yeah, okay, I'll. You can definitely see like he might be a newcomer, but he's he's a, got a good performance. Yeah, he's really definitely. Really fun. He's perfectly cast. Maybe his own inexperience and his own nerves may even have played into him. Oh, yeah, being able to pull of off the character of a sort of a kind of anxious, awkward guy. Even better. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so we're back at the Spellman house, and Sabrina asks Hilda and Zelda for advice about Harvey for teenage reasons. Obviously, that she likes Harvey, uh, but Libby keeps getting interf- uh, keeps interfering in their day to day life. Um, so Zelda says that sixteen-year-old boys are oblivious, so she has to tell him if she likes him. And at the end of the day, Harvey is the epitome of oblivious. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. It, 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 Folds right in. So she has to just grab him by the... Scruff of the neck. And just say, I like you, you silly, floppy-haired bastard. Except she's also too awkward to do that. Yes. Then Zelda genuinely asks, what have you done to make it seem like you like him? To which Sabrina replies, I smile at him a lot, and I let him win at foosball. Yes. And, Uh, yeah. yeah, she really needs to... It, it's sort of like... Uh, uh, mm, mm. To which then Hilda replies with, Here, use this, and gives her a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this can get into you. 
So then Sabrina says, oh, can't I just knock up some sort of love potion? Um, Zelda says, there's no such thing as a love potion because love is far too precious to tamper with. Hilda argues and says, it's just because they haven't created the right formula yet. Yeah. But they did get close a bit with... Um, Calvin Klein's obsession. obsession. So that's a nice little cultural reference. And Yeah, I think I think yeah, Calvin Klein certainly... I mean, Still today, but particularly in the nineties, was sort of a yeah. you know a real sort of a fashion statement. Yeah, and if the closest thing you, I mean, the closest thing we get to cure, miracle cream is pseudocrem. I guess the uh, the uh, closest yeah. thing we've got to love potion is the world's most famous aftershave. Pseudocrem is the penicillin of cream. Is it? <laughs> is it? Is it? I guess so. Is it? Is it? Is it? How are we talking about pseudocrem? Because pseudocrem cures everything: acne, toothache. Arse rash. Oh, arse rash, particularly, yeah. It cures everything. You can't honestly I can... say you've not used pseudocrem in the most dire of circumstances. Let's not get into that. I mean, pseudocrem, <laughs> pseudocrem got me out of prison. Um, <laughs> uh, if you don't know what it is, look it up. Um, <laughs> you, you won't regret it. <laughs> you won't regret pseudocrem. Um, so anyway, so Hilda says you can't make someone love you. However, you can imprison and punish someone in a ring for not loving you. And then she does this sort of gag, which I hope gets revisited through the rest of the show. She then shows off this poor, I've put young ye old bard. Because I yes. don't quite know, I can't really say what realm or something he's yeah, from. Yeah, he seems to be sort of an Elizabethan era. Yeah. Um, Guy and sort of um, I don't know the technical name for him, but sort of like the the, the baggy sort of um, pantaloons. Know, a, 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 yeah, pa- pa- pantaloons, and um, you know he's got a ruff around his neck. Yeah, um, like a bard, I guess. Sort of, he's well, we don't need a playwright. That's what a bard oh, is. Okay, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's been he's been imprisoned against his will in in uh, Hilda's sort of amber ring. Um, he then says, "Hilda, let me out. Thou art starting to grow on me." Which is funny for two reasons. Obviously, it's it's a stupid, stupid gag that's not referenced then or questioned. But it's also this poor bloke still hasn't learned the reason why he's in prison in this because she, he doesn't love Hilda and he still doesn't quite love Hilda. Yeah, yeah. He, he must really, he must have really hated her once <laughs> <laughs> to still after hundreds of years to be in prison and still only kind of. Yeah. You're, you're, you're sort of getting, I, I, yeah, sort of there. It's yeah. like okay, uh, maybe. But they leave Sabrina to go and sulk in a room, and obviously Hilda and Zelda are quite upset that they can't help her. To which suddenly, Zelda exclaims, "Do we have any Mando in the house?" And they both race downstairs like little giddy children. I first misheard that as, "Do we have any Mango in the house?" <laughs> I honestly did. <laughs> um, man- every Mango makes everything better. Yeah, uh, but Mando. Is what they're referring to. Obviously, that's man and doe is in similar to obviously like play doh They then travel downstairs very, very quickly, like I say, like giddy school girls, and they go and they want to craft or bake Sabrina her dream date. Oh, no, 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 no. The Mando's non bake. Non bake Mando? Yeah, it's non bake. Okay, it's so on the box. Gonna, so, I do apologize, I didn't read the Sorry. instructions. Okay. Um, they're just going to craft and, as you say, bakeless. Uh, dream date and then we get this absolutely delightful montage music that you wouldn't find out of place in The Sims maybe yeah yeah just really jaunty music these ladies having an absolutely wonderful time building this man they say things like um, oh got your nose here's your ears <gasps> and they start saying dream date dream date so they're having an absolute whale of time it's something that they've clearly done before and they're just 
during this entire montage of lovely music, um, they're crafting all sorts of body parts of this um, this soon-to-be dream date. They're making hands, they're making feet, um, a head, head, and it looks an absolute monstrous, like a you know just a really sort of wheat-based Frankenstein. Yeah, it's quite clearly Frankenstein's monster. Yes. And then if that doesn't get you, once they've laid all the pieces out, it genuinely looks like a run-over cartoon yeah. character. It like, is... straight out of the... straight out of cartoon. Well, it's like something terrible has happened to Morph. That's Yeah. They've made this man this grotesque face, like Frankenstein's loaf. So they make this this dream date for her. They put a sheet over it because he's got to prove. Mm. That's, he's not making, but he's got to rise. Uh, Zelda comes over with something very, very clever, I think, in this. It's like, fair enough, you can make a man and he can just rise and go on. But they say... We need to put on the personality glaze. It's not yes. ready. It's time for the personality glaze. And this is an obvious but still really, really clever way of making this person. Yeah. They could have been lazy. They could have just baked a man, built a man, whatever, yeah. and that's it. He's ready to go. But little inclusion of a personality glaze. Um, can you remember what they make him? Um, I know they overdo the enthusiasm, which yes. plays its part later yes. on. Yes, so yeah. it was uh, a daredevil yes. musician, mm -hmm. rock, yeah, daredevil rock star. What's the other thing? Uh, they make him a great dancer. Oh yes, yes. Uh, of course, with him going to a dance. That's the thing that's important to Hilden Zelda that he goes to a dance and he can dance. And as Graham said, he said uh, they overdose on enthusiasm. Yeah, to which um, Hilda says he's going to a school dance. He's going to need it. They then apply the glaze to this Mando, and then they just put sheets over him, and they leave him to prove. Now, uh, as something really daft and silly, if you were a Mando, yes. what would be your three ingredients? Oh, so, uh, what would you describe it? So, you can have one overdose, and then two regular ingredients. I would have to go with um, cynicism. Yeah. Um... General hatred to all living things. Yeah. And then an overdose on sarcasm. Okay, that's good. Graham, what would be your personality glaze? Apathy, self-doubt, and an overdose on cynicism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'd say um, a splash of a very small amount of ambition and drive. Um, yeah, a, a, a dose of uh, cynicism. And probably a an overdose of... Um, Scepticism. Okay. So, if you haven't realised, the reason why us three are friends is because of our cynical nature. We're yeah. all miserable fucks. Yeah, we we have just painted a really depressing picture of ourselves. We're <laughs> really we're really fun to be around. <laughs> honest. So we we enjoy each other's company. Whether you enjoy it, well, it's up to yeah. you. Just we enjoy hanging out together. Just we have yeah we have. We are just the saddest excuses for Mando. <laughs> just don't expect us to be optimistic about anything. No. Things that we are very realistic. We're, be, we're very... We've got a very good critique of ourselves. We know who we are. Yeah. Um, anyway, the music starts again and they've glazed and they prove him. Sabrina comes downstairs. Are you guys cooking? Something smells... Handsome! handsome. Very nice. And um, they explain what Mando is, telling Sabrina that her date will be tall, dark and yeasty. Whoa. Um, much like That's a... what you want with a date? A Whoa. yeast infection? Yeah. yeah. Um, much like a Cinderella story, they say he'll last four hours, which will be a perfect amount of time for the dance. Um, Sabrina wanted to go with Harvey, not Pop and Fresh. Which I guess could be could have been a contender or the winner of 
That's so 90s. Yeah, but, but the telephone... Pop, the phone was, yeah, I think, was, pop was more this time. Pop is still a thing. Yeah. The yeah. attitude towards landline telephones is, is yeah. very definitely a 90s relic. Yeah. And suddenly we hear a ding! Man's done! Hilda and Zelda say in unison. Um, and out pops her date, who is cute, handsome, and so excited for the party. So excited. So excited. Now, this man isn't a stranger to screens. So we're not watching this from the 1st of November 1996. So we had to sort of find out who this bloke is. Uh, but who is he, Graham? He is Brian Austin Green, who was a cast member of that quintessential 90s uh, television show, Beverly Hills 90210, which followed the rich kid problems of uh, young people in that exclusive LA neighbourhood. So that's the OC. More or less the OC before the OC was the OC, yep. yes. Um, but he was, uh, he played the character David Silver um, for the entire 10 years of its run. It ran for the entire 90s, 1990 wow. through to 2000. So he's effectively, uh, we're still, we're six episodes in, and he is the, he's a huge star. He Especially was, this, this is, this is 96, this is still he in was, its run. He was a big deal, and at this point in time, 1996, he was trying to establish himself as a rapper. Um, right. <laughs> he dropped the Austin from his name as Brian Green. He released his one and only rap album this very year, uh, which was called One Stop Carnival. Um, it included a track by the name of Beauty and Da Beats. <laughs> and if that's excellent, oh. I think that's the most 90s thing in this episode. Yeah. But it's not even in the. It's, it's the most the 90s thing about the 90s. It's not yeah. eligible, but it's just, no, it's just the most 90s thing. Just oh, just full my God. Yeah, absolutely. Until wow. this moment, I didn't know that, and I I feel absolutely sorry for anyone who actually remembers that in 1996. Beauty and Debeat. Oh my the days. Beats. Yeah, he's gone on to be in the Sarah Chronica, Sarah Chronica Chronicles. The Sarah oh, yeah. Connor Chronicles, the uh, Terminator spin-off TV yep. series. He had a recurring role in the later years of uh, Desperate Housewives, and he was in the Anger Management uh, sitcom with uh, Charlie Sheen as well. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah, uh, good old Bag, uh, as his friends call him, Brian Austin Green. He was a very funny performance here, as he overly enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah, very, very good. I mean, we'll dive more into um, to the Bagman's performance. Uh, but at this point, it's when um, sort of Sabrina she uh, she's saying, "Oh, but I wanted to go with Harvey." And then it's only when she sees Brian Austin Green, she's like, oh, "I've changed my mind. He's really cute. I want to go with him." But she's ready for the party. She's got a handsome date. He's wearing. A leather jacket, of course he is. Of course, um, and a kind of like a a baggy baseball tee. Yeah, kind of. Just yeah, again, nineties hunk um, attire. It's, yeah, yeah. If, if if that's what you wore through the nineties, you were probably considered a hunk. Yes, boys will be considered hunks. I did wear a leather jacket once. I was bullied. We were okay. we were six. I hope nobody considered us hunks <laughs> in nineteen ninety six. But um... uh, anyway, at school, uh, the Mando he loves. Everything and thinks everything is great, especially the bunting, which is really stupid and it made me laugh. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I mean, mate, the only thing, I mean, it's really stupid. It could just be the fact he's excited about everything, but he doesn't know that they're in a cafeteria. He doesn't really know things. Yeah, well, he's, um, he was literally born less than an hour yeah. ago. Yeah. But he knew what bunting was. Is that maybe because bun is to do with... Baking and bunts are to do with baking as yes, we mentioned we in an earlier yeah. episode. So and the bunting, he knew about the bunting. So can we say that bunting is is a a, a deliberate gag to do with baking, maybe, or are we probably just clutching not. straws? Yeah, probably, probably, not. probably not. We're we're we're, we're grasping at the straws, but it'd be nice to think it was. But he's yeah, he loves everything. He's like, oh wow, the bunting. He's 
so excited that in that overdose of enthusiasm is definitely uh, yeah, coming through it, very strong. It killed me inside to watch. Yeah, Jenny says hi and asks who he is, which he turns to Sabrina awkwardly because well, who is he? He has no idea. Sabrina introduces him as Chad Corey Dillon. Three names that I thought were were even more American than Brian Austin Green. Yeah, yeah, and well, obviously a good a gag as well with it being three it was, names, three. First names, really, just yeah. like Brian Austin Green. Well, the Green is someone whose first name's Green. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it goes to show in the in the nineties, mid to late nineties, you had stars coming through in TV shows. Uh, Chad Michael Murray. Yep. Um, James Vanderbeek. Yeah, no, it's not. Is, oh, is it James yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was this whole three name sort yeah. of decade. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, it makes sense that her hunk for this episode is uh, has got the same numbers here. So Chad Corey Dillon is his name. Um, he gets some punch, um, and he's so excited that he's he's got red punch and orange punch. Wow. He's never seen this before. But he's very very excited. Definitely a good choice to take to a an otherwise boring dance. Um, Sabrina tells Jenny all about him, saying she came on her motorcycle up at the end, uh, and that he's pretty neat. Did you not notice that? Yes, no, I, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah I know. It's very, very strange. I, I, th- I, thought, I thought you replicated it perfectly as well. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's, um, she says, that's pretty neat, you know, for an athletic daredevil rock musician. Chad then learns that he can dance at this dance, to which Sabrina asks, do you like to dance? And he says, I was made to dance. And I love this song. Yes. He loves nice. every song he hears this evening. Yeah. He loves everything. Everything. And he suddenly bursts into some sort of excitable rage and dances with Sabrina, which she's thrilled yet slash scared about. You know, this guy is really enthusiastic, but it's not still at the end of the day. It's not the guy she wanted to come with. Who, speaking of, has just arrived at the party with Libby, who looks great, by the way. And Harvey, who... The reason why I mentioned Libby is because Harvey is wearing the same outfit as he wore yesterday. Yes. And makes reference to it. Yes, to which Sabrina replies, well, you don't smell too bad. Yeah. Which is nice. So it's, not only does he not want to come to this dance, it's kind of like he's made extra effort to just not go. Like, he's deliberately gone, I'm going to look scruffy and smelly. But he still reluctantly goes, poor bloke, because why does he still go, lads? Duty, he said he would. Yeah. And Harvey is a man who keeps his promises. Yes, that's a good man. Not these, not these bad boys. You want, you want a Harvey. That's what you want. Yeah. Le, uh, Libby spots Sabrina's date, and Jenny tells her who he is. Feeling that she has to compete, Libby tells Harvey, "Let's hit the flower." Harvey refuses. Says he doesn't dance. That dance is more of a metaphor. Libby says, "A metaphor for what?" To which Harvey's brain power runs out he's like I don't know something something it means something he knows what a metaphor well he knows the word metaphor <laughs> doesn't quite know how to use it effectively I don't know how he knows what a metaphor is because they don't teach English in uh, the school yeah, yeah it's that's just science science well, and bunt so uh... <laughs> yeah. um, so after Harvey uh, Harvey sorry uh, refusing Libby is furious and she just leaves Harvey to sulk in the corner she tells her friend Sasha that well, they're just going to go in the bathroom and just come up with a plan or such uh, meanwhile, Chad Corey Dillon is having a great time, as is Sabrina, until she clocks that Harvey is looking sad on his own. Yes. Giving her a little... It's a window of opportunity. And that's a good way, yeah. yeah no, a, it's, a, it's like a little... An adorable little wiggly finger wave that they give to each other. Yeah, and it's nice, and it's a really... Harvey's been this cool kind of... Yeah, whatever, cool, cool, yeah, cool. And this is... 
a bit of sensitivity that we see in yeah. him, a bit of vulnerability like he's yeah. he wants to go he wants to be with Sabrina but you know even as this jock he feels he can't well, I mean, he's got this lack of confidence, doesn't he? Yeah, because I mean, he showed himself to be sort of an awkward character, not the brightest guy. So you know, he has flaws, he has sort of you know um, weaknesses, but none of them have seemed to bother him until no. now. This is the first time he's really showed any great amount of emotional distress yeah. about anything. So you know, he's doing this little little fingly wave. Um, Chad um, Curry Dillon asks, uh, "So why did you stop dancing? I just saw someone who." After a little pause, Sabrina just says, "Just a friend." Oh, we all do in this episode. And then to make it worse, there's a slow fade out. There mm-hmm. is. It's like it's it's probably the first scene that we've that we've seen um, that's ended in a bit of like a low note, and it's it's punctuated it. Yeah. With its production, like it's just this is a really sort of more grown up episode. Sure, it's daft, but this is. It's it is. discovering characters' feelings for each other. Then we cut to the Spellman house, but it's going to get daft again, as Hilda and Zelda have been busy baking men for themselves. Yes. Uh, Hilda, uh, she says she's put lots of optimism in hers. She wants her man to be hopeful. Hilda's ding goes off, which is not a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> her, her mando wakes up, and the first lines he says is, Will you get off my back? I've been looking for work. Stop riding me. Clearly not a very optimistic guy. No. She turns out the bottle has uh, the optimism seemingly expired, as when Hilda reads, Oh, hope fades. Oh no, her man is hopeless. And it was we were laughed at this sort of first little bit, and it was only then we noticed that man looks familiar. Who is he? He's got a really familiar face. Something rang a bell. We knew who this man was, but we just couldn't put a, a name uh, to the face. Uh, he heads out because he's like... Ladies, somewhere, competitive men are competing for a sport, and I'm missing it. Where's the TV? Don't worry, I'll find it. And just leaves through the front room. So he's, he's clearly this uh, this boisterous, manly man. Yeah, this sort of the classic sort of sports obsessed sort of sort of. Uh, he is the stereotypical. I was a jock in high school. Yeah, and I've never got over it. Yeah, and, and he's and resistant that's... to any kind of nagging. Just the stereotypical deadbeat American husband. So the yeah, they head out, and Hilda's like, she comes up with the bright idea. Hmm, maybe I can change him. Which they all groan and laugh, thinking, <laughs> "Yeah, good luck with that, love." <laughs> Been there before, and yeah. again, another another stereotypical thing that you know, women meet a guy who's kind of a bit of a sort of a louser, and think, "Well, you know, my my yeah." Uh, Sort of my, my positive feminine ways will make him into a better man. Yeah. And uh, so Hilda thinks that maybe if I pretend I'm into sports, he'll, um, you know, will gel. So yeah. we'll we'll catch up with that and see how that's working. Zelda looking all foxy is waiting for her brave milk-swilling fireman, we learn, that uh, her idea has come from her calendar. Anyway, that she keeps hidden in her desk. Yeah, somewhere. she She's got a thing for a particular... Brand of Feynman. It's the first time we see Zelda's saucy side. Indeed, yeah. She's very. It's, I think it's maybe because she's. Hilda's. It's something they're doing as girls. They're like, oh, let's just have fun tonight. And we see a little bit of a wild side from, from yeah, the first yeah. time, which is nice. Um, and out pops the second appearance from our, Eddie Cyprian. Our old buddy, Eddie Sibs. Yeah. He. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about him too much in his, his background when he first appeared, which was as himself. Uh, in episode three, um, essentially he um, was a 
a young heartthrob of the time. He was in the daytime soap The Young and the Restless um, for two years uh, in the early 90s. At this point in time, and he does make reference to it um, in his first um, cameo, he was in a spin-off of Baywatch entitled Baywatch Nights. Right. Uh, where um, Mitch Buchanan, David Hasselhoff, um, has become a detective. <laughs> is that... Is oh my... God. Is that such a, a, a step just from being Life, lifeguard to detective? I reckon a, a man the caliber of the half could pull that off. Yeah. Um, in the second season of the show, due to flagging ratings, it became a sci-fi show in the manner of the X Files. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. You know Did what? that then morph into Night Rider or something? Well, because Night Rider before that. that was yeah, the but 80s. that's Baywatch Night Night. Are they trying to like claim it back or something? But reclaim the night. Now that's a feminist uh, march. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is a weird, it is a weird sort of crossing point between Baywatch and Night Rider. I agree. Um, there's been a lot of talk between ourselves in the distant future when we do reach the end of our Sabrina um, escapade. What do we do next? I think the answer is obvious. Baywatch Nights. <laughs> Baywatch Nightcast coming soon. So our mate Eddie Cyprian is reprising his role as a hunk, but this time he's not himself. As Graham said, he is um, a milk-swilling fireman, which is a Zelda's sort of dream date. Um, anyway, we cut back to the dance, and Chad Corey Dillon, who is our dough man, is having the best time of his life, dancing to all his favourite songs, or really, so that should be to dancing to... All the songs, because they're all his favourites. Uh, but this time with Jenny, uh, Sabrina approaches Harvey. They compliment each other's uh, outfits, saying they both look nice. This is when Harvey makes an obvious point that he's wearing the same thing. He's having a little bit of a nerdy conversation. Harvey says he gets embarrassed dancing in front of people, and that's why he won't dance. Yeah, It's not the reason because he doesn't want to, he just feels... Embarrassed, which is surprising for someone who's a jock as such, who you would have thought reveled the attention off the people. But as we come to know Harvey, he's quite a shy man. He's a bit coy. He's coy. Yes, yeah. coy is a good That's word. A very, yeah. very good, yeah. Yeah, he says he gets embarrassed in front of people. Uh, plus, he feels upstaged by Sabrina's date. Sabrina choosing the wrong word, saying, Oh, that's just Chad Curry doing his special. Quickly reiterating that, Oh, he's just, he's just different. Try and make sure that Harvey is aware that she would rather be with someone else, namely him. We go back to the Spellmans, where Hilda is trying to bond with her man. Only, Simon. Uh, S- Simon. Simon, as we learn his name is Simon. Um, however, he's only interested in the game. Uh, the game that's playing in front, not the game of love, that is. She says to him, tell me what you're thinking. The ref's a jerk! He says. And it was after that we thought, that face he's pulling, that is... Very familiar. It was you, Chris, that worked out. It was on the tip of our tongue. We couldn't think, who is playing Simon the Doman? And who is it, Chris? It's Biff. It's Biff? Biff from Back to the Future. Yes. And uh, oh, what's his full name, really? Is it? Uh, Tom Wilson. Thomas Wilson. So he is Biff in the Back to the Future series. And he was thinking, of course, of course that's who he is. It was that screwed up angry face that he pulls yeah. in every carnation of Biff. Um, so yeah, so he's uh, again a very good start for someone they've got Eddie Cyprian, they've got um, Brian Austin Green, they've got uh, Thomas Wilson. It, it's it's shaping up to be an all-star cast. It is. It's, yeah. it's a very star-studded, expensive show, no doubt, to be putting together, especially six seasons, in, uh, six episodes in. Sorry. And and I think at this point we figured out why they couldn't afford two animatronic cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everyone goes on all the teen heartthrobs and people of the now. 
Um, of the then now. Of the then now, yeah. So she tries, So Hilda tries to cut into Simon. She says, Simon, listen. And he says, look, when we get to a boring commercial, we'll make out. <laughs> Until then, you mind? <laughs> yes. And we cut to Zelda's fireman, who has then necked a carton of milk and just simply says, I like milk. He likes milk more than anything else. Yeah. More than... He's, it's the only thing he likes. Yeah. He just wants to drink milk. Absolutely. Uh, back at the dance, Chad is still dancing, having a great time, as, of course, uh, of course he is. Um, a slow number comes on, and he grabs Sabrina's waist. Not in an aggressive manner, just in a, oh, slow dance. Sabrina then quickly sort of brushes him away, saying that she doesn't really want to slow dance. That's not her thing. She clearly feels a bit like, mm, no, there's only one person I want. Uh, to share this dance with. Uh, because there's only one person she wants to then dance with, she says, oh no, let's go, let's just go stand by those chairs. That's genius! Genius! Still enthusiastic as ever about doing absolutely anything. Uh, we then come back to poor old miserable Harvey, who was being shouted at by Libby for not dancing. He says, look, I don't tell many people this, but... And he's about to sort of reveal something about his character. Libby cuts him off because she wants to be introduced to Chad, the daredevil musician. Uh, upon hearing that he plays guitar, Sabrina says to Harvey, don't you play an instrument? He says, yeah, the bassoon. Which is probably the least sexiest musical instrument I can think of at this moment yeah. in time. And a very obscure one at mm. that that's really different to... Well, it's really different to the character we've been made to think Harvey is. He doesn't seem like any kind of musician. Or maybe he would play, like, guitar or something. Yeah. Oh, actually, think of it this way. His dad wants him to play football. His mum wants him to play a musical instrument. Maybe. Could maybe. be, yeah. Could be a nice sort of um, sort of family feud as such there yeah. between who, who they want their son to grow up to be. But yeah, he reveals he's a bassoon. We send Sabrina weirdly says... <laughs> yeah, it's real. He's a bassoon. Yeah, I think that's kind of sexy, she says, which I think is a bit weird yeah, ca- character-wise. Really yeah. yeah. Character-wise, it's a bit, a bit of a weird thing for her to say. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina also declares to everyone that Harvey's in fact a wonderful dancer and should prove it to everyone. And with a bit of magic, he does. Nate Richard, who plays Harvey... Is an insane dancer. Yeah, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know this, but no, he's um, I yeah, I wasn't aware. Phil informed me that he, uh, Nate Richard, is a classically trained dancer. I believe he is. Yeah, he, 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 there are multiple ways where they could have just gotten someone that looks like him, but all the way throughout, it's it's him. It's yeah. him. He, like, and it's amazing. It's not. It's not just the he's doing the odd twirl. He's doing. Oh my god, he's doing pirouettes after yeah. pirouette after pirouette, oh, yeah. leaping around and standing on his on his toes and stuff. Yeah. Amazing classically trained dancer. Um, uh, if they remade Footloose in 1996, then he would quite he clearly would, play the lead. Oh, probably definitely, yeah. He would have mm. been a shoo-in, no pun intended. <laughs> that was that was 100% intended. That was... Yeah. That was oh, oh, yeah, no. pun-pun fully intended, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we see uh, that... Um, that Harvey is a fantastic dancer and always has been. I think all Sabrina's magic has done is just made him just do it. Just given yeah. him the confidence to do it. Um, and he, yeah, he says he enjoys dancing, he just doesn't like telling people to do it. So him saying he's a bit embarrassed dancing in front of the people now makes sense because yeah. he is a fantastic dancer. Um, regretting a rude behaviour, Libby now wants to dance with Harvey. But he finally, boys, he says no. no. Good Earning lad. A, Earning a standing ovation from this audience. Yeah. So he storms out because he doesn't want to be there. He didn't want to be there anyway. He was kind of put on the spot and he was forced to go. So he just leaves. Um, 
Sabrina then follows him and leaves Chad dancing alone, saying just to go dance with Jenny or something. Um, she finds Harvey outside, who is waiting for the AAA to come and pick up his his Chevette that's broken yes. down. Um, Harvey asks, why aren't you with Chad? She says, he's not her type. Oh, I guess perfect isn't your type. That's kind of like a, oh, he feels really, this cool, this cool kind of character is really quite, He's, you know, he's a, he's a jock who he would think, oh, he's full of courage and stuff. But he's really kind of his weakness is is his affection for Sabrina and his nervousness yeah. to approach her about it. Um, and again, another oh, kind of came mm. to mind this guy who just feels threatened by just a man made of bread. Yeah, I mean, of course, he didn't know that. Um, Sabrina then wants to confess her feelings to Harvey, but again, being awkward. And her inability to just tell him, she freezes him and blurts out everything instead. And I think you, Graham, I think you came up with a very uh, abrupt but very right. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, she. When we say she freezes him, she literally pauses, like pauses him to the spot. Like he doesn't know what she's saying. He won't remember that time stopped. Mm. Whilst she continues to move and speak and basically spills her guts about everything she feels about Harvey. And, you know, like, by this point, they have really constructed a classic will-they-won't-they-I-hope-to-God-they-do romance. Like, you are so desperate for these two... These lovely people these as two, well. These two lovely people, these two very sweet kids to... To get it on. To get it on, to tell each other how they feel about each other, because they're clearly such a good fit for each other. They, You know, the the affection they feel for each other and... How, because of their tender age and because of their personalities, they're not able to express it. Mm. Feels so real, is so well articulated, and so well acted yeah. um, as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Nate Richard and Melissa Joan Hart really put it across really well. Really believable, sweet couple. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. And it's just it's annoying that it's like even as I mean we know it's a kid, it's a. Family, you know, so maybe kids more orientated show, but we were angry. We were like, oh, just tell him, Sabrina. Come on, well, we're so invested in this. Only six episodes in. Um, so she unfreezes him and um, she's head inside. Uh, but Harvey says, Before you go, while you're here, do you want to dance? Romantic music starts and they slow dance. Um, Sabrina then goes inside to go and tell Chad that she's going to go to the pizza place with Harvey. She leaves and then Harvey says, I like you, Sabrina. Oh, man. Oh. Why can't I tell her that? And it's like, this... Oh, just just talk to each other. Come on. We, but we ache at this point. We are so... Uh, as, you know, we're three men all in our late 20s. You know, we we need this. Yes. Um, yeah, so Harvey has then sort of displayed his affection for Sabrina. And we're like, oh, God, these guys, they just need to get together. Uh, but back inside, uh, Chan has been patiently waiting for Sabrina and is delighted that she's returned. Sabrina asks, can I leave with Harvey? And of course, being enthusiastic, um, Chad Corey Dillon's like, that's an excellent choice. He's a great guy. Sabrina then reassures him, is it okay for me to leave? And then there's a really, really sweet line here which shows just how precious this little man that's been made. Oh, sure, go ahead. I'll just stay here and miss you. Aww. Oh, both these guys. It's <laughs> yeah. you right in the feels. I just, oh. So with two hours left, Sabrina tells him to just enjoy himself and asks Libby to dance. Oh, can I? I, I like Libby. Sorry, I must be going bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I certainly are. Oh, dear. We cut back to the Spellmans and Hilda is trying to understand football, but Simon cuts her off for talking through a commercial. It's a hardware commercial, she says. 
He's talking about hammers. But he's talking about hammers. <laughs> like that's... Hammers. Literally the dullest tool. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Literally the dullest tool. It's just, wait, he's talking about hammers. Hilda then storms off to end his doughy life, taking a uh, rolling pin to go and beat him to death. Uh, meanwhile, Zelda's date is busy seemingly undressing himself and then dressing himself as quickly as possible whilst drinking milk. Yeah. So it's a bit, a bit saucy and a bit weird, but Zelda's getting her rocks off. She's enjoying it. Um, Hilda declares that because hers was awful, they've got no choice but to share their date. And then they get in a um, tug of war over Eddie Cibrian and his arm comes off. Yeah. Um, back at the dance, Chad Curry Dillon is dancing with Libby until he starts coughing out flour, <laughs> wheezing everywhere, declaring he must find preservatives. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, he's just, just dancing away. Libby turns around to sort of to wiggle a, a bum at provocative him or so. And he kind of just coughs and this flour just bursts everywhere. It's just, oh my God, like he's... This is the Cinderella moment. This is his... His uh, carriage turning into a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. His, his clothes turning into rags. It's him, sort of, his flowery guts are coming out. He's running <laughs> off everywhere, coughing, spluttering, all this this flower everywhere. Um, Libby heads outside after him and steps in loads of dough. After a brief, ill, she heads back inside, where we see happy old Chad's mouth saying how much of a great time he had. Yeah, just on some of the dough splattered around the uh, entrance to the um, cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, which begs the question, did he actually, like, explode? We are to presume so, because it's... He wouldn't it's, have melted, there wasn't a big scattered everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's not a pool on the floor, it's like on the walls, mean, on the ground, on the door. Can yeah. you imagine, I mean, it's like... If you, th- I would have assumed it just sort of puddle floor, not this whole weird explosion. Kaboom! Thing. And somebody could mm. easily have witnessed that. I yeah. mean, like, oh my god, that man just spontaneously combusted, and <laughs> now this blew up. Now there's pudding everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. So he explodes, and a little bit of his mouth just says that he has a great time. And we end the episode on a nice little happy note of this guy. He was only around for f- several hours. It's like a, a house fly or something like that. Yeah. He made the most of his brief time, and he. Died happy, yeah. I guess. He didn't really exist, nor did he not exist. Mm. But he had an absolute whale of a time. And, and 20 minutes later, Libby calls the police to report him missing. <laughs> yeah. She's angry that she must wait 24 hours before they can look for the love of her life. That yeah. she's known for four hours, yeah. but only danced with and actually known for two. But and this, this goes along with the whole thing which Chris uh, brought up in the last episode, that Libby just wants people who supplement and agree with her because she was besotted with Chad who is just enthusiastic and in favour of anything you suggest to him that's the end of the episode so boys tell me what uh, what did we think of that one I love this episode I probably not as good as Rudy Kazuti but it was it was certainly close and I think the combination of like you know sort of the premise of the um, the dough men and mm. all, all three guys really they both sort of gave very funny performances yeah. and you know um, sort of represented completely different ways of how that concept can and will go wrong. Yeah. You know, the scene outside the dance with Sabrina and Harvey was so tenderly done in a way. Yeah, a level of sort of emotion and sort of tension that you very rarely see in a show like this. I mean, you do not tend to go to teen sitcoms for nuanced sort of love stories and emotional layers. Yeah, but I think. In both the writing and and the acting, I thought that was all done very very well. So in terms of developing characters, being raucously funny in places, and 
really sort of making you feel something, yeah. this episode delivered. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you have to say about it? Well, other than the uh, bunt tin episode, we haven't really seen a, a, a like a, a will they won't they relationship sort of thing. So this is the this is the first major moment where Sabrina and Harvey are, are sort of re- realizing their, their their love for one another. Yes, and it just it is a necessary uh, plot device within a show like this where there has to be. A love interest for your protagonist, yeah, and for it to be done in that way in the Dream Day episode was just was just perfect. Yeah, it was the right way to do it. Not this whole uh, uh, uh. there was aspects of that, but with real character emotion yeah. going yeah. through it rather than the bumbling idiot or the uh, pretentious yeah. girl or yeah. you know there was real. Character development, as you said, Graham. So I think it was cracking up. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you both said. Um, to Chris being the score man. Oh yes, yeah. we always uh, every uh, at the end of every episode we leave it to Chris um, to come up with to set the bar really for what the rating system is. So Chris, what do you rate uh, this episode? I I would give this one a I don't know uh, six point yeah. five out of oh just kiss him already. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I would I would give it. I am going to say I'm going to give it a nine. Really? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the perfect episode. You know, I feel like uh, maybe a bit of a Mr. Pool in it. Maybe a bit more. Yeah. Silly humor and stuff. But I think just reiterating the points I just said a few moments ago. Just for me, it was a really daft idea, really daft concept that was executed really well. Um, and we had the beautiful story of Sabrina and Harvey coming together, beautiful character development, and it was funny, funny, daft and sweet, well put together, excellent performances by everyone. But so far for me, I think this is the the best, in my person, been the best episode so far. So there we go, episode six. That was a dream date. So that's it. So thank you very much for joining us for this one, episode six. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. As we move on to disc number two in our enchanted box set episode seven so we hope to see you there so once again thank you very much for listening from me phil uh, christopher thank you very much i bid you adieu and uh, thank you very much to graham riley kitos farewell to no one.
And that's just sad. Also, why not subscribe? Then as soon as every episode hits the air, you'll get it downloaded straight away. How easy and, dare I say, magical is that? If you head to our Twitter page, at SabrinaWatch, you'll find links to each of our episodes, as well as quotes, pics and skits of our favourite moments as the series progresses. Whichever realm you're from, thank you once again for listening, and I hope you tune back in next week.